is happening now? We're about to send you back to the Rebuta! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Reviewture, the show in which we take a classic movie that one of us or both of us might not have seen before and we take a look at it now. I'm Drew Bridger. I'm Amber Inch. Hello. Hello. How are you? Bye. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Oh. No, I know. We've been right here this whole time. <laughs> we actually haven't moved. <laughs> these these shows come out every two weeks, and spoiler alert, we this is actually we just sit here waiting to do the next one. <laughs> we don't actually do anything else. We're actually glued into these seats. We don't even watch the film. We just pretend. No, it's quite painful actually. We're we're glued into these seats. Someone please send help. So today. Even though I am introing the show, don't let that fool you. Because actually, this is one that we both haven't seen. And it's a little bit of an odd one. It's not exactly outside of our comfort zone. But it is one we probably wouldn't rush to do, isn't it? No. Yeah. So this is an odd one. But the reason that we did this one was because... It was on Amazon Prime and it was free. No, that's not the real reason. No, that's not the real reason. I mean, it's a contributing factor. It helps. But it was on this list that we spoke about a while ago of these 100 films that are like the greatest... Well, not the greatest, but like these 100 films that are must-see films. Yeah. Did you keep that list? I actually didn't keep that list, but it's very easy to find. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) So if I do need to look it up, I can find it pretty easily. But I distinctly remember this one being on there and going, huh, I definitely know that we haven't seen this film. Like, I haven't seen this film, you haven't seen this film. No. So we are hopping back into our Wayback Machine to go back to 1995. We're still in doing a run of them in the 90s at the moment yeah we? we did Reservoir Dogs because that was 30 years ago now oh god don't remind me <laughs> see when see when you say 30 years ago right I think mid 1980s <laughs> 70s I think <laughs> <laughs> there really isn't that much of an age gap between <laughs> us but it just shows the difference of mentality of like four years I say that years ago and I'm like <laughs> I say that years ago and I'm, and I'm like oh yeah mid 80s you say that years ago and you're like oh yeah that's like late 70s <laughs> oh god we're, we're yeah, about a decade like apart 72 millennia is like 30 years <laughs> you know what I mean do you know what I mean though? I do yeah I do and it's even weirder because I'm actually 32 yeah. this year so I definitely know that 30 years ago wasn't in the 70s. So no, I know. in the 1990s. So yeah. I just, but I just go, oh, yeah, 70. Yeah. I know. And, there's and I only... say, oh, right, 40 years ago. Yeah, the yeah. 60s, yeah. And there's that, <laughs> right? This is the thing. Someone says... Because we're in the 2000s. Yeah. 2000. Someone says, oh, yeah, that happened 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like late 90s, early 2000s, right? <laughs> no. See, we're only laughing at the moment because we're actually just laughing through the pain of it. But there we go. 
the pain of my knees and back giving out on me. That's what the pain is. But anyway, we're hopping into our Wayback Machine to go back to 1995 to look at Brian Singer's The Usual Suspects. All right, I like that it came up in the credits saying not a Brian Singer film, but Brian Singer's film, The yeah. Usual Suspects. I, I found that phrasing a little bit weird, and I don't know why. But Brian Singer, before this point, I, I probably would have most notably recognized him for having directed the first two, well, no, a bunch of, actually, the X-Men movies for Fox. Okay. He did at least four that come to mind out of them. He might have done five of them, but I'm not sure who directed X-Men Apocalypse. And he definitely didn't do Dark Phoenix because it was garbage. So okay, I'm pretty are, are sure he didn't X-Men do that. His X-Men films quite good then? His X-Men films are good. Oh. Yes. I still find them boring. Do you? That's probably why I thought this was boring. Oh. <laughs> this was so boring. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, what I will say is, yeah, it was a slow... <laughs> It was a slow burner. Slow of a film. burner. Where did where did anything come in? Where did what, we didn't go anywhere? What do you mean? Burner? I mean, <laughs> the thing is, this is this is the thing that I found with crime films or they're not all thriller like this, films. Though. No, they're not. But for the most part, they are. I mean, they're not all <laughs> no, no, they're like not. this, but most of them are. <laughs> this is what I. Because here's the thing. The reason that The Usual Suspect is on this list of 100 must-see films, right, is because of everything it builds towards at the end. It obviously builds towards this huge reveal, this huge (laughs) twist, this huge element of the film that everyone was overlooking the whole time and you go oh it's been staring us in the face because like right at the beginning i thought well he's the only one that survived so it's obviously him then he's the only alive one so who else could it be i mean there is that element (laughs) there is that element but you when you're watching it are taking what he's saying that is the truth but there's a limit to what he has seen and what he knows. So you assume that somewhere along the line, there is maybe a difference of opinion. There's a difference in story, like someone saw something different. And you're waiting for that to turn around. And I will say, at the top of the show, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Usual Suspects and you don't actually know how it ends, then maybe go watch the film before this because we're going to be talking a lot about how the film ends because frankly that's that's kind of the interesting bit of the film isn't it no 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 <laughs> not even the end no. oh okay wow wow okay wow no i didn't think it was interesting i thought it was a waste of time i thought it was completely pointless i don't understand it okay <laughs> which surprises me because i kind of thought that this film would be in your wheelhouse because it's a crime film and they're piecing things together and you're finding out information as you go almost 
in a linear way, a little bit of a documentary style, but yeah, not but documentary. I just didn't like how much information it was given at all of the points was, oh, this is how you find things out by listening to somebody's 10 minute monologue. And there's too much stuff and too many people's <laughs> names that you can't even take it all in and remember. So then you just go, oh, I can't bother, don't listen. And then that's that. And then you don't hear it. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just so boring. There's just too much information. Like, why have that Indian, not Indian Welsh man talking <laughs> for ages about this guy's here and he's doing that in India? His name. Trying, so who cares? His name is Pete Postlethwaite and he demands your respect. <laughs> but he's not getting it. Pete Postlethwaite is a great actor. Yeah, well, that was just a bad a decision great... then. I think it was. I think you're right because you were saying as this film was going on you were saying oh why has he got an Indian accent why does it sound like he's got an Indian accent or trying to do an Indian accent and I kind of played devil's advocate a bit and I was like I don't know that I hear it I hear him doing an accent but to me it definitely sounded Indian it mm, I mean not stereotypically Indian to the borderline oh really because to me it sounded like he was doing a very precise enunciation of certain words, but in a British accent. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe that was just lost <laughs> on me. Everyone online said that he was being Indian. Okay. That's definitely an unusual thing. It was just rubbish. Then. Okay. Because he kept so, talking about coming from India. Why did you not hear that he kept talking about I did about hear India? him talking about yeah. that, but I thought <laughs> I thought he meant that he had grown up British but in India as part of the well, British colonization. And maybe his accent is because he lived there for a while. Yeah. So maybe that's true. But maybe. it was just rubbish. Maybe. Okay. It also made it strange that his name that his name was Kobayashi. But yeah, you find that out up. at the end. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, and he why why do they make him so tan? I think that's just Pete Postlethwaite. <laughs> no, it's not. I it think absolutely he like, isn't. I think Pete Postlethwaite likes spending time in the sun. <laughs> He's never right? looked like that. So as we do every episode, we get the person that hasn't seen the film to write down what they thought the film was going to be about before watching it, and we both haven't seen the film this time. Despite Amber not introing the episode this time, you didn't want to do it. I, I don't mind introing it. Yeah, because I did the last one. You did the last but one. It doesn't make sense that if we both haven't seen it, I still have to do the intro. Mm, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, you no, always not try and say that you've seen the film all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like you to have a turn sometimes. You know, I like you to have a turn. So, what do you think Usual Suspects was about before watching it? I thought it was going to be about some guys who got told to go and do a job, uh, but we're going to get... I don't want to say set up, because I don't... Mm, I'm not really sure. Framed. Kind of. Right. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I thought, okay. Yeah, I thought they were going to be framed. I wasn't really sure, to be honest. Okay. I didn't know whether the suspects meant, oh, this is the usual suspects, because these are the people that are always doing this sort of stuff, or whether it was suspects because they actually did do the job and got caught you know i wasn't i didn't really know right okay so it's a bit both i suppose yeah i thought it was going to be something similar and obviously because of certain things that i've done throughout my life and references that get made this this film gets referenced 
quite a bit. In, Does it? In some, yeah, yeah. There have been some big homages Where? to it. I mean, anytime you see someone doing a slow Bad realization of. Well, <laughs> no, okay. yeah, that doesn't help either. Mm. Anytime you see someone doing a slow realization of something and you see a coffee cup dropping to the floor and breaking. Oh, they can't like, be the a, first person that's a, done that, though. No, but in parodies, they've been, they've, it's, it's parodied <laughs> to, a, to a certain extent, and there are certain homages to it. So anytime oh, someone okay. does that, and it's like, oh, oh, that's a oh. usual suspect thing because oh, he's having the slow realization of it and he's seeing the bottom oh, okay. of the mug because he sees the bottom of the mug and then he invents this person Kobayashi. So the film itself is something that has been widely regarded as being a piece of cinema that is very well made. Oh. But <laughs> well yeah, no it is because it tells this story admittedly from, you know, one person's perspective, but it's the cop as well piecing everything together from what he's saying, creating a different frame of reference of it and how it all went down. So you're never kind of sure exactly what the truth of the matter is. But what I thought the film was before having watched it, and obviously, again, like I said, I knew how it ended. Oh, what do you mean you knew how it ended? You knew well, that it was him? I knew it was him. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh. Because it's it's been parodied. In Why things. did you watch this film then? Because I hadn't seen any of the rest of it. I didn't know any of the rest oh, of the story. That's such I a only waste. all I knew was that Kai well not that Kaiser Sose was made up, but no one knew who Kaiser Sose was. Right. Until right at the very end. And it gets revealed right at the very end okay. who Kaiser, Kaiser Sose is. But I, see, the thing is, though, I'm never really, you're never really certain whether Kaiser Soze is a made-up person or whether he actually is Kaiser Soze and has been pretending to be this other person, you know? Mm. So it's like, where are the lines drawn? Because the thing is, all of the stories that people say about Kaiser Soze in this, it, throughout the film... Yeah. They all kind of get accentuated so much. Yeah, it's a myth, isn't it? Hartley? Yeah. It's a, like you said, it's He's a spook story. He's probably just gone around and murdered some people. Exactly, but it's been, been <laughs> blown out it. of proportion. But he probably blew it out of proportion himself. Exactly, to make himself seem yeah. bigger than he actually is. Yeah. As for the rest of the film, I really didn't know all that much about it. I would say... If I was to write down what it was, what I would have thought it was about was that these group of five people who have been in trouble for petty things before get pulled in to be part of a police lineup because something really big has happened. Like there's been this huge, which which did happen. There was a boat fire and lots yeah. of dead bodies, but. I thought that because that had happened, they were pulling each of them in because they've been involved in petty crimes that had led up to this happening and they were going to get each of their testimonials. Uh. And, so, and it was going to be like five different versions of what happened from their perspectives in the lead up 
to oh, okay. this big thing. You've just that written happened. Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> that is kind <laughs> of Reservoir Dogs. Which actually, yeah. if you want to watch a film about crime and people being recruited for jobs, just watch that instead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there it's is. It's much yeah. easier to understand. It's quicker. It's well acted, and it's just better. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this was well acted. It was okay. I mean, <laughs> we can't really talk about Kevin Spacey no. at the moment, which is. I mean, in the context of talking about the usual suspects is a little bit of a shame because he's obviously a significant part of the film. However, you know, in this day and age, we know now Kevin Spacey, maybe not the greatest of people. <laughs> maybe he maybe he really is Kaiser Sose in real life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But we're probably going to talk very little about Kevin Spacey yeah. for the most part. But... The, the amount of other people that were involved in this film hmm. that I was really <laughs> surprised by. like Benicio Del Toro, I, he annoyed me because I couldn't understand what he was saying. I know that was kind of on purpose, but I was just... It was a little bit. <laughs> there was so much talking. Why is there so much talking? There's just no, there's no need for it. There's Again, no need for it. if I had known... What do they need to talk about? <laughs> if I had known what this film was going to involve as far as dialogue heavy scenes were going to go I probably would have known it wouldn't have been the film for you <laughs> well you as well you keep saying that you don't like watching mob films because there's just people talking all the time yeah and there was a lot of expert to be honest I found that in the usual suspects there were a lot of names yeah, and I know. dates. Yeah, no point. And it was hard to keep up with the amount of names and dates that were happening. Yeah. It, was it was like a history lesson. But it was unnecessary. It was. It was. <laughs> you didn't need to know any of that in the end. It's just yeah. unnecessary. I felt like the whole thing was just like really haphazardly cobbled together. Like, oh, we've got this story and we want to make a hit and we want to make like a film about some hit guys or some people wanting to do a job and it goes wrong. Oh, oh, let's make it this guy. Oh, no, 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 no. It'd be better if we made it this guy. Okay, how are we going to get that together then? Oh, we'll just say that he looked at some people on a board and that. And, and the whole thing but, was made up. Yeah, yeah, like right at the end. Just like, oh, we'll just... Tea, like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was just a tenuous link between, like, oh, so you're saying that this guy sat in that room, looked at those posters, and made up all of this story while he was sat there. Like, so? He had immunity anyway. So he didn't even have to do any of that. Yeah. No point. <laughs> I forget exactly the reason why he had immunity as well. Because he was. Whatever that guy's name is, he was thingy. Right, okay. And he okay. had, it, like, all of the people up on high whose decision it is could get him off because they were all in, he was all in their pockets and they were all in each other's pockets and everything. Right, right, okay, yeah. What's the guy, what's his name? Kaiser Sose. Kaiser Sose, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was him. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and Kaiser Sose is obviously the head of whatever and he can pull any string that he wants and get himself immunity from it yeah that's true right yeah that makes sense now 
I mean, and that's again, why I was it's, like, it's just oh, you you got given immunity, and he pretended it was because Kaiser Soze obviously wanted to see him alive and get out of it so that he could come see, up the time and hit him. See, I thought the only, the main reason that they were interviewing him and that they were going to give him immunity as far as letting him off was because by his account, he had seen everything that happened and therefore was a very valuable witness and they promised him immunity if Maybe he told him it. everything that they had done because he hadn't actually been involved on his account, hadn't been involved in anything that had actually happened that night. He'd just been there as backup and as a witness. And they wanted it to know why he had just been like the witness. Well, no, they, they wanted to, they said that they kind of, I suppose somehow knew whatever, I don't really know about that bit because I probably, I, they either didn't say or I didn't listen, but <laughs> they somehow worked out that he was involved and his testimony was wrong. Or his testimony didn't tell the whole truth. There are going to be some people that know this film way better than we do that are going to be screaming right now. No, go, I'm you're missing you. this. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. they that's That was the whole conversation. He said, you're missing things out in your testimony. Why are you only telling half of the story in your testimony whatever? And he said, well, I've got immunity. I don't have to tell you anything anyway. Right. And yeah. so he was just questioning him, I mean, just to see how it would go because he, I guess he thought oh this guy's a cripple I'm smarter than him he's only he's only some dumb cripple so I'm gonna work my bad cop routine yeah. and get him to tell me the truth yeah that's what it yeah. was he already had immunity but he was just trying to get the story out of him because he knew that he knew more than he let on yeah and then he got so, it wrong anyway so this is usually <laughs> when I ask you what you thought of the film overall but I think we can't <laughs> it was already. fine. It was just so. It was just boring. I just okay. felt like it was unnecessary. There was a lot of unnecessary parts to it, and I don't even. I don't know. I don't know. But as I was gonna say, there's a lot of people that turn up in this film that I didn't expect to see in this film, like Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, I almost didn't recognise him. Yeah. And he then went on to be in things like Breaking Bad and The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. And you kind of go, oh, my God, that's him. That's a really, really young Giancarlo Esposito. I think he got better as he got older. He He definitely He doesn't look bad. No. He's kind of, he was a bit, not chubby, but he's kind of like grown into his face as he got older a bit more yeah a hundred percent and again this is 1995 so breaking bad so 10 years ago <laughs> yeah 10 years ago right still yeah. only 10 years ago it's weird how that <laughs> happens isn't it 1995 still only 10 years ago <laughs> that, that's the way it's always going to stay as well yeah. like you know year by year it's less and less plausible but <laughs> look hey I picked a style in the 90s and I stuck with it and now it's still in date, okay? 90s is coming back round now, so yeah. Yeah! Finally, I can be cool again. <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> like I ever was. <laughs> so, yeah, he. I think that he definitely... He aged, he aged good. Yeah, he did. Didn't he? he aged good. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because I hadn't 
really seen Giancarlo Esposito in Esposito in anything. <laughs> uh, we're not, I don't know that we're allowed to do that, but I did it anyway. It's not even I did the right it anyway. word, so it's fine. No, I know. I know it's not. I know, you know. I'm saying it doesn't matter because it's not the right word. <sighs> That's all right, then. I hadn't really seen him in anything... Obviously, Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad was a huge thing for him. And I hadn't seen or heard of him in anything else before that. So my first exposure to him was in Breaking Bad. Since then, he's done a bunch of things. And he's usually a bad guy. Yeah. Because he plays a really, really good He's not too bad, bad in this. He's not a, He's not really a bad guy. He's just, you know... No, he's just a... a policeman. <laughs> he's just a dude in this, really. He's just a dude. He is a cop. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. And he does it really well. But his role in this is almost just to, as, like, a connection between something that's happening in one place and them getting the information in another. Yeah, I've got no idea what he was doing. I don't know. He was basically <laughs> just interviewing the Hungarian guy that survived that had horrific burns. Oh, yeah, he went to the hospital. Yeah, that yeah. was him. Yeah. He was basically just doing that the whole yeah. time. So... Well, that was... Oh, it, that wasn't important either because they'd already worked out who it was by then. So that was also not important. Yeah, it all kind of happens time. all at once. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's too late now. Yeah. Thanks thanks for sending and that th- fax. And that picture, that faxed picture wouldn't have helped them anyway. <laughs> no, that hand-drawn fax. Yeah. That was a technology that only worked for about five years, wasn't it? What, fax? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think they had that for ages. I'd, I, I don't think I've ever seen... <laughs> A fax machine actually get used in my entire life. Yeah, I have. Have you? No way. As an actual fax. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, I was amazed. I couldn't understand. I can't understand <laughs> it. I still can't understand it now. How was that coming from over how is that coming from over there? Well, let me tell you this, Amber, alright, if you're amazed by that, alright? I've got this great new thing. It's called email. <laughs> It's going to blow your mind. No, but I'm actually more impressed when it's a physical thing that I can see. Yeah. So, like, the paper has come out as if someone in, like, Mexico has put a bit of paper in and then all of a sudden I've got it. Yeah. But that's not it, though. No. (laughs) I mean... I don't have the same bit of paper that they had. I mean, when you think about it by today's <laughs> standards, it's just printing through Wi-Fi on your home computer from when you're on holiday somewhere else. I know, but I'm still impressed by it. Yeah. <laughs> Technology's great, though, isn't it, really? <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, technology's pretty great. I don't know what happens... I don't know what point you get in life where you're impressed by technology that was out... 10 years before you were born it's almost 1995, like 1995 oh, wow. right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh I've seen everything now in this life yeah so now I'm going to be impressed by old time things instead yeah you, yeah you start getting <laughs> impressed by how retro stuff works <laughs> not even by that I'm just I'm actually just impressed yeah. that a piece of paper comes out with stuff on it that was sent by somebody miles away yeah. it's just because it's a physical thing I've had email for ages and mm. for for as long as I can remember almost I don't care about email anymore I want to hold something in my hand 
And that's uh, that's why records are making a comeback now. How do they get the music in there? <laughs> How know. do they get the music into the disc? I don't, I don't know. know. It's bizarre. It's very strange. <laughs> we interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird Gift Baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customisable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savoury and mixed baskets as well as picnic boxes, and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber... They can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Review just sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. So, would you like your first bit? No. Uh, no, it's all right, because we've changed it now. We've changed the format, haven't we? <laughs> it's a new format now. I can already tell you you're not getting the theme tune. Uh, no, because we don't do the theme tune now anymore, do we? Because oh. you decided that. You decided you didn't <laughs> want to do it anymore. I thought I was only going to do it. You, sa- you, you said that it either gets an applause or a fart noise. It gets a thumbs up or a fart noise, <laughs> didn't you? You decided. That was, that was the new thing. That is the trivia worth the time, right? And it either gets an audible thumbs up where we both go, yeah, thumbs up, yay, just like that. Or it's just an audible fart sound. Okay. Okay, right. So, would you like your first bit of is the trivia worth the time for the usual suspects? Yeah? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Good. Excellent. So, this, far, this first one, which I think you'll quite like. I think you'll find this quite funny. All right? I think you might enjoy it. The lineup scene was scripted as a serious scene. But after a full day of filming takes where the actors couldn't keep a straight face, director Brian Singer decided to use the funniest takes. A making of documentary shows Singer becoming furious. Furious. <laughs> furious okay at the actors for the constant cracking up in an interview on the special edition dvd kevin pollack states the hilarity came about when benicio del toro quote farted like 12 takes in a row del toro himself said somebody farted but no one knew who (laughs) everyone else seemed to know Everyone else seemed to knew that it was Benicio del Toro. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, Benic- that's why I use that sound. Benicio del Toro, when did you come in? <laughs> <laughs> he was here the whole time. He was here. Yeah, you just got to understand him. Yeah, no. Well, I heard him. I heard him and smelled him before I saw him. 
So did you like that? No. No? No. Oh, man. I did the fart sound because you farted. Oh, right. Oh, that okay. was just as boring as the film. Can you imagine having to... <laughs> can you imagine having to change an entire scene, though, because you couldn't get the takes that you wanted? Well, I wonder what it was supposed to be. Because, I well, mean, I thought this film was actually going to be quite funny. I thought there were going to parts... There was going to be parts that I was going to laugh at and it was going to be, like... There was going to be funny bits... But it's not. I can't quite understand what it is. Do you I know, I did too. I can't work it out. I did too. I thought there were going to be moments like that. And I think one of the moments that was like that was the line-up scene where you kind of go, oh, yeah, everyone's like kind of messing around. <laughs> everyone's kind of messing around with each other. And I thought it was going to be a little bit like that for the rest of it. But because that scene was obviously meant to be done serious and straight-faced and then they couldn't do that i don't know like can you imagine having to like going through a whole day of shooting and then going oh well we'll use an outtake as the actual <laughs> yeah that's annoying <laughs> but that's his fault we kept farting all the time yeah well i mean that was i i would blame the catering truck for that yeah, well you don't know what his body is about yeah when you get a mexican catering truck <laughs> that's what you get for the rest of the day isn't yeah. it you know <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't work out whether they knew each other or whether they just knew of each other. You know, I get the had impression. Had they worked together before? Had they done this before? Yeah. Were they just... They just knew each other because they were all kind of infamous thieves mm. or whatever. I got the impression that a, f that a couple of them had worked together before. Like, they, like they'd all worked together with one another on different things oh. but never all together okay. and that kevin spacey's character was the one outside element that they hadn't come into contact with before yeah yeah so that so like we got given a lot of information that like was worthless but something like that would have been I mean, it didn't change the story, but it just would have been nice to know, like, oh, we've we've had history, so that's why they all went in on it together. Yeah. Because otherwise it doesn't really make sense, just, like, a bunch of criminals deciding that they can work together out of nowhere. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that seems right or not. Like, the story was fine, and how it ended, I suppose, is kind of like, ooh, you know, bit of a twist. But I wasn't really excited by it because I'd just been like dumped information on me by that point so I wasn't really paying attention anymore so they could have used that story but just taken out all of that useless information doesn't make any doesn't make any sense yeah so if you're listening Brian Singer <laughs> next time more exposition no at the well, start yeah but not a lot then... of it though no just no. watch Reservoir Dogs that's just not a bother <laughs> Yeah, because that came out in 1992, which was three years, three years before this. Yeah, and it's fine. Like, there's a little bit that they've got about how they all knew each other and what happened, and then the rest of it's just, this is how it ends. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. After watching Reservoir Dogs and then coming to this, you do kind of realise how actually... There are some people that are equipped to write dialogue between two characters yeah, because in a single so room. Yeah, because it's so bad. And there are some people that... <laughs> I don't want to say it's bad, it just wasn't interesting to me. Yeah, 
No, I, I, I totally get what you mean. And, uh, and I will not play devil's advocate as such, but I will say that there are some people that are maybe better equipped to digest a film like this and will see this as maybe one of the greatest crime films that's been made. But, yeah, better I think... Equipped. <laughs> better equipped to process it, you know, because this is their kind of film. This is the kind of film yeah. that they hang on to every word at, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, you could make an argument that people like you and I we are better equipped at processing things like Star Wars films or Marvel films or Karate Kid movies <laughs> you know like I'm those not, are I'm our wheelhouse <laughs> I'm not equipped to process any film except for the Karate Kid film <laughs> which is why I liked it because it was the first film in my life that I've ever been able to understand <laughs> so I appreciate it for that. I don't think that's true. Yeah, this no idea. Don't I don't. don't I don't on. think that's true. <laughs> don't know. I, don't, I've got, I, don't. I had no idea. Literally no idea. I was like, just no. <laughs> don't know. But I mean, this is this is exactly what this podcast is about, though, isn't it? This podcast <laughs> is about us looking at these classic films that people say oh this is a classic of cinema this is I mean, one that, of the that might be you true know. but i've never met anybody that's actually said that and uh, yeah exactly and <laughs> us going well is it because when you look at this by our obviously it is all opinion yeah like we're not here to yuck other people's yums like i get that but for us when we lay this out next to films that we've rated incredibly highly on this, like The Goonies and the Karate Kid I know, there movies. was a part where I struggled to understand The Goonies at some point. Whenever anybody has to go and get something that's been given by somebody else or had by somebody else, anything, it's like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> anything that's like, you've got to go and do this job because this group of people undercut this group of people on this deal and they wanted that money but didn't get that money anything that's like that my brain just goes what yeah what are they doing oh he's got money in this how what <laughs> <laughs> oh this how, guy, this how guy's do they big, know that this though? guy's a big how do they know that no though? not that yeah, I but i mean like this guy is a big furniture guy he's got all all of his money's tied up in furniture what does that mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> Listen, he's big in the furniture game, all right? <laughs> this guy's middle name is Ikea, all right? Know, but it's like, he's what big that in the really furniture means game. is like money laundering, bribing police, all that sort of stuff. So I know the crux of it. <laughs> but no, like... no, no, Amber, his money is literally in furniture he makes hollow chairs and just stuffs oh. money into it that's oh. what it does that's how it gets transported so easily that's what they mean his but money is literally in furniture but this is the stuff right we're why is this cushion so uncomfortable oh it's because it's stuffed with dollar bills that's why that's, that's comfortable i don't think it would be <laughs> 
I think you'd get yeah, some paper cuts it's comfortable cuts when you find that. it and you go, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're we're going to we're going to divert this big truck that's coming in from Thailand because it's got something in it from the Jones family that right. we need because yeah. there's a... Makes Why? Sense. What? <laughs> That's crime, what? baby. I know, but it's so that, confusing. That, that's crime. That's how crime <laughs> so works, confusing. baby. So I don't understand any of that, and I just watch their you, mouths move. You have your inside guy. <laughs> you have your inside guy that's got a tip of a delivery yeah, that's coming like, in. Oh, this is... He's a rat, and he's doing this because he's a rat. Who is? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I will admit, this whole thing that they went through of the the world's great the what was it new york's best taxi service and it's actually police i literally had no idea what that criminals was. <laughs> i get that there was the explanation behind that and i get that they wanted to rip someone off by doing it because they could both expose the fact that it was happening and rip them off for what they had on them at the same time it serves two purposes i get that what i didn't get <laughs> was its purpose to the overall thing yeah. other than giving them a job to do together that they were like oh we work really well together let's do another one yeah there's you no po- yeah there's no point this is what i'm saying no point there's right. lots of stuff that didn't make any sense and that's why i'm saying it felt like it was cobbled together like we'll put that in let's write that and then they realised after that where they wanted to go with it. Yeah. So that isn't necessary anymore. No. But they've done it now. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's just strange. So not even your guy, Stephen Baldwin, <laughs> could improve this film. He's for not you. my guy. He is your guy. No, he you, isn't. You are always talking about how he is your favourite Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Alec Baldwin is <laughs> off crying somewhere because he was like, I was in Glen Gary Glen Ross and no one cares. Oh, Stephen. Stephen Baldwin does the usual suspects and then what? Flintstones in Viva Rock <laughs> Vegas. Yeah, that's redeemed it. Yeah. That's a better film. Watch that instead. <laughs> I My next question was literally going to be, what would you rather watch Stephen Baldwin in this or... Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. A stupid question to ask you, really, isn't <laughs> it? If that. I'd thought for I would one just watch second, that any day. if I had thought for one single second about it, I did kind of want Miss to see watching Viva Rock Vegas when you were watching this film. I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> I'll admit, I wasn't going to go that far. Come on. I mean, after the fact, uh, maybe I would. I would be watching it for Alan Cumming doing all of the different roles because they <laughs> they wanted to pay Alan Cumming one fee well, but have him two. well he did he, I think he did a couple of others didn't he mm, no. I mean this number goes up every time we talk about yeah, it because Alan you Cumming did like say, five roles yeah, because you keep film. saying he did loads and he only did two I thought he did three what was the other one I can't remember no what the yeah it's because it's not true well because of maybe <laughs> I'm making it up exist. All I know is that they wanted to pay Alan Cumming one fee but have him be two things in the film. Well. <laughs> they got their money's worth out of Alan Cumming, is all I'm saying. <laughs> in Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. Well, we don't know. But I wanted to see 
the early formings of Steve of uh, Stephen Baldwin's Barney Rubble in this. I wanted there to be, <laughs> I wanted there to be a couple moments where you look where you look through the veil and you see the beginnings of his Barney Rubble taking over. Kind well, no, he wasn't as stupid. No, I thought he was good in this. I really liked him in this. I really, Did you? I, 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 I thought... think this, yeah, because people saw this film and then assumed that he was going to do something and be something. Right. Then they tried to hire him, and their films didn't go very well. No. I don't no. know. I don't know. <laughs> Which is a shame because I, I, yeah, I liked him a lot in this film. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I suppose he was alright. Yeah. His um. I actually liked him a little bit more than the main guy in this one not Kevin Spacey the other guy I don't I'm not counting Kevin Spacey yeah Gabriel Byrne I'm not counting Kevin Spacey as the main guy in this one I'm counting Gabriel Byrne I'm counting Gabriel Gabriel Byrne as the main guy because he's the guy that everyone thought it revolved around yeah they thought right until the end yeah I suppose right until the end right until the end so yeah. actually, I kind of think that he's the main guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I I liked Stephen Baldwin a little bit, a little bit more. I guess his. I don't really know what his character was supposed to be though. Was he supposed to be like the cocky, cool guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he was wearing Oakley sunglasses. <laughs> no, Amber. he was wearing Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Sunglasses. Sorry, Quicksilver sunglasses. He was wearing Quicksilver sunglasses, and that's how you know he's cool. <laughs> and Amber. he had a leather jacket on that wasn't yeah. all leather. Alan Cumming was only listed as two things in <sighs> Beaver Rock Vegas, and also. I swear he had a cameo appearance as something oh, else. No, he didn't. How many times have you seen... I literally watch this film all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see, um, this is the one film that you've seen more than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Rango. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it more than Rango, yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one film that you've seen more than Rango. <laughs> it's only got two stars on IMDb. Oh... <laughs> But it's got 10 on Amber's Movie Database. It's got a big, fat, solid 10 out of 10 on Amber's Movies Database. (laughs) It's the highest rated one. Very strange. It's up there. It's joint first. It's joint first with Spider-Man 2. It's the highest rated one. Oh, I wonder what would be better. It's Ironically, it's actually got a 10.1 out of 10. 10.1? It's one point over. It's one point over the ten. No (laughs) one expected that to happen, and especially not for the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. But there we go. Spider-Man Two, yeah, understandable. Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. Everyone's looking at that, questioning the validity of Amber's movie's database. Don't be nasty. (laughs) I am not being nasty. I'm being realistic. You didn't come there for the facts, (laughs) did you? To Amber's movie database. Yeah, you didn't go there for the facts. No, you're right. I didn't. I didn't go to. But you no. got the facts anyway. I. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Amber's movies database for the entertainment, and I stayed <laughs> for the facts. Yeah. So yeah. That's number one. Would you like another bit of is the trivia worth the time? Okay. Okay. I'm gonna see. I've got some. I've got some good ones. If as long as I can make sure that it's actually been brought up. So, 
here's one. Sorry, which I can I just say about oh, Viva Rock Vegas? <laughs> I feel powerless to stop you interrupting the flow of this podcast at any given time for news or facts about the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. So just as you are fully aware, that will probably always happen regardless. Please continue. Well, David Spade was originally thought of as being cast for Barney Rubble. Oh my God, could you imagine how terrible that would have been? <laughs> that would have been, that would have changed my life completely. I would My it? life would be completely different. Your, your life would have gone on an entirely different tangent yeah, because Yeah, because I of never that. would have watched that film. Oh, I like Dave, I like David Spade and I might have watched enough. it kind of by accident. Like by accident, like I did watch right. it by accident anyway. But I might have watched it to be um, because basically the story is I was on holiday in somewhere hot Tunisia. No, bef- no, was it before Maybe Tunisia? Tenerife. Tenerife. I think, there I think it was. Yeah, you know when everybody was going to Tenerife in like the late nineties, early two thousands, everyone loved going to Tenerife. <laughs> and there's always someone that's been to eleven Tenerife. <laughs> If he's been, if you've been a Tenerife, he's been to a Tenerife. <laughs> yeah, so I went to Tenerife and I was really ill. We were actually, we were all really ill, uh, and I don't know what it was. It couldn't have been food poisoning because we didn't all eat the same food or anything like that. So I don't know, maybe catching something from the plane, something like that, maybe, and then it all goes around. That you does say happen. you say that, but that does happen in Tenerife sometimes. What no does? matter what you eat, you do still get. <laughs> I know, but yeah, no, no because. Um, other members of my family who'd been there before and it hadn't happened. Right. Ever. Okay. Yeah. And it was, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We were all ill for some reason. Sure. Um, and I was ill for like two days. So I was on the sofa of the villa for like two days and it was all staggered. So somebody was what ill for like. What a way to like, spend a holiday. Yeah. Somebody was ill for like the first day and a half, two days. Then the next person was ill for like the next two days. And it went all in one round. So there was like, there wasn't like one part of the holiday that we were all like good like fit form all together in one go. Oh my god. And I was like, I'm never going to Tenerife again. And I've never been to Tenerife since. Oh, um, you stuck anyway, to that then. So well done. Kudos to you for sticking just, to your guns. It's just, I don't know, it's not popular anymore, is it? No yeah, one cares no. now. So I was on the sofa in the, like we had our own apartment. Sure. Um, and I was there on my own while everyone, because my brother was quite young, so it was like, we have to get him out and doing stuff because otherwise he would just, just go mental. <laughs> bouncing off and the I'm walls. like yes please take him take him somewhere <laughs> no so I stayed up and it were there was only a few channels that weren't in Spanish and unfortunately back then I wasn't the fluent Spaniard that I am now sure, so, <laughs> sure. I didn't know what no. they were saying on TV then and there's not going to be any follow up questions to that <laughs> either so I, for all I know I will just take you at your word for that <laughs> okay okay ask me a word in Spanish Okay. Uh, light bulb. That's not very nice. Oh, okay. Omelette. <laughs> Omelette? Omelette. I don't know. I'm starting... <laughs> Amber, I'm starting to question the validity of this statement. No, you... There isn't a word for light bulb or omelette in the Spanish language. I'm oh, afraid. that's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. Very limited language, really, isn't it? All right. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, and then one. So on one of the programs or channels that was English was like a mi- movie channel. Sure. 
course. And for some reason, it was like one of those things. It must have been like their version of ITV2, but it only played the same three things oh, over and over. For it, wasn't, it wasn't like... <laughs> It wasn't like ITV2 when they do, oh, every Sunday you've got Shrek on. It was literally like one o'clock. One o'clock is this film. Then three o'clock is this film. Then five o'clock is this film. Tomorrow, guess what? One o'clock is this film. I feel feels like that on ITV2. I feel like writing a letter to them sometimes saying, how many bloody times are you going to (laughs) play Shrek the Third? Seriously. (laughs) I know you just got the rights to it, but hang on. Send them a Cool our jet. I will send them. That will impress them. I'll send them a strongly worded fax. They'll be holding a bit of paper and they'll be like, hang on. When do we get a fax machine? He (laughs) He held this bit of paper and now I'm holding it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Wow. (laughs) This guy knows like magic or something. It's just an old fax machine that's like covered in cobwebs and dust (laughs) and it suddenly starts spitting out paper. (laughs) All of the ink is like slightly dry on it. So every other letter is a little bit askew. (laughs) Yeah. So it was because of that channel that I ended up watching it just by accident because I just I literally just left that channel on the entire time. And it was that film that came on. And I was like, I cannot believe it, but I actually love this film. What were the other two? I don't even like the Flintstones. I don't even like the Flintstones. You must have known what the other two were. Um, I knew. I know what one of them. My, my, it's a bit hazy because, as I say, I was in and out, and yeah, yeah, so I wasn't very well. And probably explains why you took such a likening to the Flintstones. No, no, I was perfectly sound of mind. Uh, I was just sleepy. (laughs) Mm, Were you though? Okay, I mean, you weren't at a hundred percent. Feverish. You weren't having a, like a fever dream that it was a better film, were no. you? Okay, all right. No, okay, stop being nasty right. about it. I'm allowed. Right. To, I, I thought the whole time on this podcast, every two minutes, I don't want to. I don't want to be saying. I don't want to yuck somebody's yum or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. This is what I like, and you're taking the care of it. Uh, you're absolutely right. Where are my manners? <laughs> <laughs> and you also try and tell me that you know more about it than me. I, I look. I just had it in my mind that he was playing through when we first watched Wrong. it. I was impressed. <laughs> That he had played three parts. Well, he didn't. Okay. So there must right. just be he somebody that looks two. like him. Maybe it is. Yeah. There's no one that looks like Alan Cumming. Yeah, but Mick Jagged doesn't look like Alan Cumming, and he did mm, that. No, that's true. Yeah, anyway, that's true. so that's that's the story of that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't even like the Flintstones. Oh, the other fi- the other film was the animated Thumbelina. Oh God, boring. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I don't remember anything about that. So oh. I obviously didn't like that. Boring. Um, I think the other channel was like MTV, so there was a little bit of that, but even that wasn't in English. Right. It was just some parts every now and again. So like, I remember there being, and this is to tell you the the era. I remember there being an interview with um, him on there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and that was in English because he obviously was talking English. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God, that's a that's a blast from the past. I wonder what year that would have been. If anyone out there remembers the band Him, <laughs> better yet, if anyone out there listened <laughs> to the band Him, somebody at my school, please. Did. There was a few people at my school. Oh God, I knew so many people that were drawing that bloody symbol <laughs> yeah. on their bags. I don't remember any of they their were drawing songs. it on their shoes. They I don't were drawing it on their, their jeans. Songs. I do. 
I do, but I'm not going to get away with singing it on here because no. you know that, it's because they were obsessed with the the like it's the, guy. the slightly What's the guy called slightly again? androgynous lead singer. Everyone was about that though. Didn't was, like wasn't there a time in the 2000s where goth just went mental? About, like, like, androgynous-looking dudes. Yeah, but it wasn't. But, like, people that never were interested in goth or anything before were then taking interest. Maybe it's because I kind of... I wasn't a goth or anything. But around about, like, 13, (laughs) 14... You didn't even know me then. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I just... I wore black. Yeah. Um, because I still wear black. That's pretty goth. I think it's not. No. (laughs) Just just wearing black. Wearing black. Pretty goth. You've got black headphones on right now. Goth. I've got goth headphones. I couldn't help it. My school uniform was black. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Been, so I think sucked like, in summer. <laughs> maybe because I, uh, <laughs> maybe because I was noticing it more because I was listening to like Nirvana and things more, not goth music. But right. I, maybe I was just noticing it, and then I was hanging out with people who also liked the same music that I did a little bit as well. So then. I just noticed it. I don't know. But I felt like it was kind of everywhere in like the early 2000s. So that would have been like 2003 or something. Yeah. And yeah, I just yeah, felt like it went, it went right mental. Era. Like him came out and then like oh God. stuff like that. And like <laughs> they were a bit like posery, weren't they? I, I. Okay, so. So I'm of the understanding that people that liked heavier music and were kind of legit goths were of the opinion that they were a bit posy. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then like, people that were oh, a little bit more emo yeah, were like, okay. oh yeah, this is totally legit. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, because it's kind of like, if you are into that type of music, it's not heavy enough for you. Yeah. And it's like, it's goth for the mainstream, isn't mainstream it? Goth, it's yes, mainstream goth, yes. It's mainstream goth. It's like, oh, I like to put eyeliner on and wear black nail varnish and I totally love him. Yeah. And, then, that, and then actual goths are like, yeah. no, please stop. That <laughs> and Evanescence. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. So yeah. that type of stuff came out and it was on Kerrang! all the time and like, no, nothing else really that would have spoken to true goths would have actually been on Kerrang! I don't think so. I, I mean, there were there's things like Slipknot, maybe, but it's I don't not know. goth though. Is it? It's like metal, uh, yeah, kind of, exactly. yeah. So I don't know, but yeah. yeah. So another oh, bit I wish of I could remember that guy's name. Uh, we'll 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 have people messaging us going, <laughs> oh, I listened to. It, don't worry. I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to it. I don't subscribe to guilty pleasure. I think anything that you like, you like. You shouldn't feel ashamed or guilty about it. No. Who cares if you like it? Enjoy it because. Like, we got to work every day. Right, yeah. <laughs> we have to go to work every day. And we're not and here to yuck your thing... young. <laughs> Stop saying that. And if there's one <laughs> thing that isn't work or a chore and you enjoy it, so what? Exactly. Who cares? Right. So go home. I'm like and... Viva Rock Vegas, so why are you trying to make me feel bad about it? Yeah, go home, put on those hymn records. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, who cares? No one's going to judge you. Well, some people might judge you, but <laughs> not us. So, would you like another little bit of Is the Trivia Worth the Time? Yeah, okay. Okay. This will... I thought, uh, we'd, I thought we'd stop talking about this film. No, well, we've got to come back onto this film. Uh, I've, got, I've actually got two. The first one is the idea for this movie started only with the concept of a movie poster of five men in a lineup. 
Oh, yeah, see, that just says everything you need to know. So someone... It just was like, oh, there's yeah. a picture. That looks cool. We'll put that in a film. Oh, but we have to write a story around it. Oh. I kind of, I kind of find it interesting that the whole <laughs> script of the film and the concept of the film got developed around the idea of someone visualised a poster. I find that I find that kind of funny. Because actually, when you think about it, it's the exact same poster as Train Spotting. It's... <laughs> Yeah, five guys in the lineup. This, was this, this five was five first, guys though. in the? Was this first? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah think I'm pretty sure Train Spotting came out later in the '90s, but this is the one I really wanted to do. In an interview on the Colbert Report in 2005, <laughs> Kevin Spacey revealed that Brian Singer managed to convince every one of the major actors that they were Kaiser Soze when first screened. For the company of actors, Gabriel Byrne was so stunned when he found out that he wasn't Kaiser Sose that he stormed off into the parking lot and argued with Brian Singer for a half hour. Wow, what an idiot. <laughs> Surely Benicio Del Toro should have worked out that he wasn't him pretty early on when he like got gunned down and that was it. Yeah, that's a little weird. I because mean, you would think, I mean, maybe it's... Like maybe know. they make out that maybe he convinced him that actually he was Kaiser Sose and that everything that happened after he died was stuff that he'd already set in motion that was just being. Carried I mean, yeah, out. it kind of. I mean, there is a point and a reason to him being assassinated or gunned down or whatever sure. or being killed, but it still doesn't really make any sense. No, does it? You, I mean, you wouldn't think. If you sat and thought about it for long <laughs> enough, you could probably go, well, it doesn't make sense that my character is Kaiser Sose. <laughs> no. But then, well, yeah. Well, that was, did I, you I have, think it's totally believable that the whole film was made yeah. on a picture. Did you, <laughs> at any point, have an inkling as to exactly who Kaiser Sose was? Or did the ending actually take you by surprise? I don't know. I don't know. Or did you just not expect Kaiser Sose to be any of the people? Yeah, like he was I just this other was, person. I didn't really think no it was anybody. Knew. I wasn't right. really sure because he kept saying, "I know he he said, oh, the be- the like the greatest thing trick that the devil has pulled is to make people believe that he doesn't exist." That's yeah. so he's obviously laying the groundwork to say, "Look, this guy is actually real, and what people have been saying about him is true." Uh, yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't really. I don't really know. I knew at the. I did think at the beginning it has to be something to do with him because, like I said, he's the only one that's alive. Yeah. But that Sousa guy. I don't know. Kaiser Sose. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't think he. I didn't think he existed actually. I like to think that in some reality, because they talk about Kaiser Sose as if he's this some sort of like boogeyman that scares people. You know, he says, like, you know, they're not around your purple, Kaiser Sose will come and get you. You know, something like that. Mm. I like to think that in some reality, this ties into John Wick and that John Wick is actually Kaiser Sose. <laughs> and he's just an assassin that goes around killing people. Yeah, maybe. For hire. I thought that would be quite cool. <laughs> but obviously... You know, they're like, what, five years apart, ten years apart? Because <laughs> Yeah, a couple of two years. Yeah, because John Wick came out, what, ten years ago? So, 1995? Yeah. No, yeah. And no one's talking about the fact that the dog obviously got blown up on the ship. Oh! Oh, now I'm sad. 
I didn't, I legit didn't even think of that. Why did you make me think of that? <laughs> Why did you have to say that? Why did you bring that up? Because something in the film has to do something. That's... Why? I didn't even make that connection. No, well, I could have happily gone on living that, my know, life without thinking that. He got him off the boat before it blew up. <sighs> I don't think he did. He did. <laughs> I don't think he, he did. He did, because he was in the back of the oh. car when that when Kibashi, or whatever his name is, turned oh. up. He was in the back of the car. Was he? Yeah. Oh, maybe I just didn't see that. He was bit. there on purpose, because he had to sniff oh. out where all the people was. He oh. he let the guy find him in the bedroom. Oh, I suppose that's He a led bit him to the guy. Oh, I suppose that's made it a little better. I, I think it's just like one hugely elaborate plan just to get one mustachioed old skinny man to be dead because he could recognise him yeah and he wasn't even the only person that recognised him so he killed the guy for thinking that he was the only person that could then identify him later he's the only one alive now who knows who I am and then this Hungarian man well he's still alive and he knows who you are so what are you going to do about that yeah, Kill and now well. all of the cops. What were you gonna do? What are you gonna do now? Just get a whole bunch of ten other guys to go into the hospital yeah. and pretend to be nurses and then blow the thing up? Gonna do right? that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it leaves a lot of implications as to what happens after this. I think. Yeah, I think most films do that though. Yeah. Do you want to pitch a sequel in that case? No. What would the sequel be? Just Kaiser Sose just trying to evade all of the police because no, everyone knows who he is now they catch him immediately and then yeah. the rest of the film is um, something completely different yeah. <laughs> then the rest of the film is Spider-Man 2 oh right oh, okay that's much better yeah and then Flintstones and Viva Rock Babies. and then like you're watching Spider-Man 2 and you're going what has Kevin Spacey got to do with this again oh right mm, oh, yeah. nothing nothing <laughs> literally and, nothing and probably for the best if we're being honest the guy from him Yes. Is Veal Vallo. Veal Vallo. That's right. Because he's health, he's Finnish. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, those Finns and their androgynous dudes. <laughs> so I reckon we should get a rating out of each of us for the usual suspects. So I've got no idea what it's going to be out of, but every oh. episode... The person that hasn't <laughs> The person that hasn't seen the film gets to give it a rating, but every episode what the rating is out of changes. And this time we both haven't seen the usual suspects, just like we did with Reservoir Dogs. So, Amber, what are you going to give the usual suspects and what's it gonna be out of? I don't know, but I just saw something. I've just, I've just, <laughs> I've just now, right, for the first time, looked at the synopsis of the film because I thought, I feel like maybe I'm just being dense. If everybody thinks that this is a really good film, right. I've missed something and thinking that. No, you no, know, you're allowed pe- an opinion. Are, well, yeah, I know, yeah. but pe- but then there might be a key part of the film that like washed over me or I missed that then makes the whole thing like oh that's actually so clever you know that type of thing oh god like, wouldn't it be great if there was kind of like that with um, what were we watching when it was Brad Pitt and um, the guy from the Hulk oh Fight Club yeah Fight Club kind of like that like 
I knew it was a bit patron, not patronising and a bit annoying, like a bit preachy and a bit annoying. Sure. But then kind of the more you think about it, the more you go, oh yeah, that's quite clever actually because of that and that and that. So when you think about it a little bit yeah. more, it kind of evolves a bit. So it's not actually, it's not too bad. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's actually quite a good film like, and you enjoy it and it's fine. Still a little preachy. It is a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but there are parts where you go, oh, actually, I see what they did there, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, even, but with this one, I wasn't even thinking. Oh. So I thought maybe there was something that I missed. But no, listen to this. Yeah. Five criminals meet during a routine police lineup. Sure. Upon their release, they plan to pull off a dangerous heist involving precious emeralds worth three million dollars. Yeah. No. That sounds about right. I thought he said. You'll be doing a coke job and getting nineteen million to split between you. Yeah, no, I the I think that no, you're right. That is a bit confusing because the emeralds they got from doing the heist on the police car. That's oh, what they, they shot got. The two guys into the van. Yeah, when he was going, give me the case. Yeah, that was the emeralds. <laughs> that was getting the emeralds. Right. Yeah. That isn't the plot of the film. No, it is isn't. It? No, it isn't. No, it <laughs> this isn't. This is what I mean. It's Everything about this film is so confusing. Why was necessary about that? Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know they were getting emeralds. No. And they kept saying on the boat, "There's supposed. There's no coke here. There's no coke here." So they knew they'd been hacked. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so what are you going to give it then? It's a neo noir mystery. Apparently, it is a mystery. Yeah, yeah. it is a bit of a mystery. <laughs> What's it going to be out of? Two. Sorry. I'm giving it a two. Don't apologise to me. <laughs> apologise to Brian Singer. Sorry, Brian he Singer. Was I'm that, giving it a two. It was his film. I'm giving it a two. Okay. And I'm going to give it two Porsche jackets because I liked his Porsche jacket. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's the only one good thing I can get from the film. Yeah. I'm going to give it two and a half. Okay. I'm going to give it two and a half because I... The things that I liked about this film were the bit when you have the realisation at the end that he's been looking around and all of these things right. have come from things that, that have actually funny. been in front of them the whole time. That is kind of funny, but I also go, when they kind you of, are joking. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> they think they've got it. They think they've got it all wrapped up. And he literally says, when he's talking about his desk, like, yeah, you have to see things from further back sometimes to get the bigger picture and understand it all. And as soon as he says that, you go, hang on, something has happened somewhere and nothing is what you thought it was. And so, you know, I, it's that moment. It yeah. is, it's that moment. And granted, that is five minutes from the end of the film. Yeah. But... It is, you know, it gets it an extra. I'm going to give it four, four, no, two and a half, two and a half coffee cups. Because oh. he drops the coffee cup. Oh, it is a half a coffee cup. So, yeah, that's right. It is, that makes sense. Um, I I'm... was going to give it two and a half Phil Coulson's. Oh! Because that's another guy that turned up out of nowhere that I didn't even realise. I was like, hang on, I reckon, <laughs> why do I recognise that voice? <clears throat> because I've seen, obviously, the guy that plays Phil Coulson he voiced it in animated things as well. Yeah, so you can. So he's been in, in the Spider-Man series. He was in the What If series. Oh, so okay. I've heard oh, yeah, his voice yeah. a bunch of times. And I was like, where do I recognise that voice? And then as soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh my god, it's Phil Coulson, Amber. <laughs> Amber, it's Phil Coulson. I'm gonna write that down. A lit. <laughs> only note I made about the film. I would have actually liked it better. Yeah. See, this is the. This is where it gets a bit hairy. But in the nineties, they didn't care about this. But I would have liked it better if Kevin Spacey was actually crippled. Right. 
So the whole thing would have been like the most oh, unsuspecting crazy. person. No, but yeah, well, yeah, but when he was going on so much about you know you don't know you're dumb you're a dumb cripple i'm a cop i'm gonna get it right, right. i'm gonna get everything out of you and i'm gonna put yeah you, and i'm gonna find out the truth that's you're just dumb you're just dumb cripple and i kind of would have liked it if it had been like oh look the dumb cripple got one over on you but actually right. you find out he, he wasn't, wasn't even the whole a time he was putting time. it on the whole time so i kind of would have liked it if it had been like oh you know what just because this person's got a disability doesn't mean they can't you know outfox yeah. you ever I think yeah. that would have been better. But then you have the thing of, oh, can you not just get a disabled person to play the part? But That's they did, true. But, um, they wanted Kevin yeah, Spacey because he's exactly. famous. <laughs> right, there you go. But I would have liked that better. Yeah, no, that, I, I think that would have thought I would have given sense. a bit of, bit, of a, yeah. bit of a story, yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. The usual suspects get two Porsche jackets from Amber and two and a half coffee cups from me. But... What do you all out there think? Have you seen Usual Suspects? Do you think it's one of these 100 best films to see? 100 films that you must see? Do you think it's worthy of being on that list? Do you think that actually the devil is in the details when you watch it and there are things that maybe we didn't appreciate about the film? Or do you think that maybe by today's standards, The Usual Suspects is a little bit too hyped up do you think that there are better examples of a film like this if so what do you think that is would you like us to watch it what other films would you like us to watch and then talk about in the future that you deem to be a classic might not even have to be a widely regarded classic it could be something that you personally think is a classic all of these can be communicated to us and more through our social medias. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amber Inch. And make sure you use the hashtag BTTRPod so that we know when we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if they have liked this episode and indeed any other episodes as well, what else should they do? Like, subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. Also, follow at BTTRPodcast on Instagram. And don't forget to tell all of your friends as well so if you've liked this episode tell some people that you like and get them turn around onto it particularly if they are big fans of classic films podcasts like this do rely a lot on word of mouth so feel free to tell some people that you like about it if they are film fans also if you have some people that you really don't like Tell them about us if you've hated the episode as a form of punishment on them. Because, hey, if you've made it this far, then, you know, credit to you. Well done. But until our next episode, when we'll probably do something entirely different, but also maybe from the 90s. Rugrats. I mean, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, you've already (laughs) seen that. I think I have as well, actually. I don't know. Until that point. I think that we need to uh, have a little bit of a palate cleanser. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas? Oh, okay. I thought that would be a reaction. (laughs) What a surprise. Oh, shock horror. What a surprise that was. And then Rango. (laughs) Again? (laughs) 